Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the range, everybody. I'm your host, Ricky Bruley, and today we have uh, a very special guest. You've met him before. Uh, his name is Frank Welsh, and the last time we recorded, we did a big, long segment on his successes throughout the years, and I kind of wanted to save that for kind of a special time. I figured, you know, dead of winter would be a good time, kind of get you excited, see some uh, some kill shots and, and some successes that he's had over the years. And I just thought it would be a fun little episode to, to save for another time. For those folks who didn't listen to the previous episodes, and for those of you who haven't also, please be sure to head back and check those episodes out with Frank. Really excited to show you guys this. So if you want to look up Frank, if you have any questions about uh, anything archery-related or hunting-related in general when it comes to whitetails, black bears, uh, turkeys, the dude is, uh, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's more than happy to help out. And so feel free to look him up on uh, Facebook, uh, Frank Welsh, or on Instagram, Frank Welsh. So without further ado, I present to you Frank and his wall of trophies. Welcome to the Range Podcast. I'm Ricky Bruley, and with me is Jake Hollywood Iverson. Join us at the Archery Range, where we'll tell stories from the hunt, discuss technical bow shooting tactics and gear, and pick the brains of some of the most successful people to ever shoot a bow. Whether you're about to shoot that X for the win or send an arrow at a trophy buck, this podcast is for you. Range Podcast is brought to you by Vapor Trail Archery, makers of the best bowstrings money can buy, originators of limb-driven arrow rest technology, and innovators of stokerized stabilizer systems. I'm proud to introduce Mr. Frank Welsh. How are you doing, man? We're doing. We're doing. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for that. It's a very gracious introduction. Yeah. Kind of funny, though, how time flies and, and uh, you know, man, you just start to think about all the years that have that have, uh, gone by and, and all the situations that we've been in right. and, and um, all the people that we've talked to over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there's hunting stories. There's just, just so much stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you folks can see here behind him. He's got a lot of, a lot of animals on the wall there and that's only a fraction of them. Oh, and it just keeps going. And then, I'm sure at some point he'll pan. You can see all the trophies there he's got from 3D shoots. And Frank's been in the business for a long time. Had a lot of success. Kind of pan this down here. Yeah, look at that. Impressive collection. Very impressive. Yeah, and I just built a home here, and I actually have a 20-yard shooting range in here. Yeah, that's perfect. So, uh, So we've got, you know... Pretty much all the, well, except for the sheep. I never got into sheep hunting, which I'm really glad that I did because it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, silly I've, expensive. Mule deer, whitetail, antelope, bear, elk, caribou, um, turkey. 
You got some African animals too, don't you? I do not. Mm. I do not. I, I wanted to go to Africa, but that got kind of, we got bamboozled all of our money years, years ago. I mean, that was me and, and Danny and uh, Travis. Yeah. That was kind of a bum deal, but, uh, mm. but no, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't get to do that. That was on the bucket list. And honestly, if I went there, I would go for all the small stuff. Uh, you know, like I definitely, Warthog is cool. And like Cliff Springer stuff, Diker. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. I got to know a gentleman, uh, Eric Meredith back in the day from Rocket Broadhead. He was kind of a wild man, mm-hmm. but he, uh, he lived a very full life. He died at a young age, but he lived a very full life. He probably lived, a few lifetimes <laughs> to say to put that just mildly mm-hmm. but i mean he harvested a ton of african game and that's kind of where i got like the itch to want to do that mm-hmm. so who knows maybe you know on the road or whatever yeah look at god i was so young dude strapping yeah lad. yep yep so this was um uh in illinois um we've been going there since like you know the late 90s like 98 and uh actually have I, I have a lot of film footage of a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. um danny kruger and i were um, slated to be on a tv show and we um um uh, we're filming and we actually i filmed this one and i had two that came through so that's the second one uh, we got that on video which was pretty cool this this bird this turkey is a, is a Wisconsin bird here that I got two years ago on our property. Yeah, it was pretty cool um, sitting in the sitting in the old ground blind and made that all happen. And then this is a ram that I shot in Oklahoma on a game farm. That was kind of cool. It was mm-hmm. a forty two yard shot. It was funny though because. Uh, I, I put you could see the shot was right there. Well, then it then it kept going, so it turned and it was the opposite side. And I placed another shot, and I swear we called them pixie sticks because it was like if you looked, if you because any turn it looked like there was one continuous arrow going through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it was buried on each side. Well, they have a lot of uh, that. It's almost like wool. the The hair is really thick, mm-hmm. and uh, the penetration on there was. Uh, didn't you know i didn't get a full pass through shot i normally shoot about 62 pounds and i was shooting a rocket wolverine 75 grain out of that mm. i mean of course it went down i mean i probably the first shot if i would have just you know calmed down i'd have been fine but you know, <laughs> and you're what do you do and you're still shooting rocket broadheads to this day no i've got actually i've i've transitioned to rage oh okay um i've been shooting the hypodermic um mm. i like a I like the design of the ferrule. Um, that was something that Danny Kruger showed me actually before they were even out. Mm. Um, I got to see and, and uh, check that out. And um, I made a transition probably six, six or seven years ago. Oh boy. I like the hypodermic stuff. So behind the times on that. Whew. Yeah, I know. It's, it's just crazy. <laughs> so this, you can see, I look a little younger there. This mm-hmm. is another Illinois buck in the, in the early days. And then uh, here's a Minnesota Tom that was a few years back. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, came in. I think it was just like a. I think it was like a 22 yard shot. 
he went about 60 yards and buried himself in. Here's a, here's a cinnamon bear that I'd harvested. What is it? I don't know how to read that date on there. Because this was, this was probably, oh gosh, early 2000s. So this was up at uh, Church River in uh, in uh, Canada. Mm. That, was, that was a lot of fun. This that was weird because this bear, when he came in, he stood up and he was itching his back on a tree at about 20 yards. Mm. Stopped and paused at the top. And then I, I put the shot right where it needed to be, and it went 20 yards and tipped over. So that was pretty cool. Mm. What's that <laughs> bow you got there? It's a PSE. That is a, a nitro, I believe. Mm. Okay. Nitro. Yeah. I was on uh, the PSC staff for a while. Oh, and, that's cool. And uh, harvested that. That's even a PSC quiver that's on there. Still have that laying around here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Buffalo County buck. That's a good one. That I harvested back in the day. And this is when I was shooting for Martin archery. Martin. Yeah. That's that PSC quiver, believe it or not. Um, HHA that site. Was Yep, yep. I can see your and, cord uh, there for the limb driver. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like early gen stuff because you see where the upper uh, connector is there, yeah, where the, the down cord. Solid limb adapter. Yep, yep. Got that in on there, and that was a fun hunt. Here's my uh, here's a Wisconsin buck on the property. Just that was so. Geez, that was. That's been uh, eight years ago now. Good Lord. Right. Time goes by quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was still shooting with Martin there. Here we go. This is a little Audad. It's a U. Is that that same PSE there, you think? Is that that PSE Nitro, or is that something different? That's, I think it is. I think it is the same one. Looking at the cam, mm-hmm. and I always shot a twin cam. I was never really a big fan of the of the uh, solo cam stuff. And this was kind of an interesting trip. Had this buck come in, my first. Uh, this would be my first. No, that was my North Dakota uh, mule deer, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a buddy that was with, and we were um, tracking it. I think. I think it ended up being, I was in a ground blind. I did shoot him. He was at 40 yards and we were trailing him and we came around the inner part of the, you know, cause you can kind of see that these shelves that are here and um, it was standing all the way across this draw mm-hmm. and he was just standing there. And, um, I asked my buddy, Steve Gimple's his name, and that guy used to shoot fingers back in the day, and he mm. was quite the state. He had a big presence in the state of Minnesota for a finger shooter. Mm. And I'm like, Steve, what is he? And he goes, he's 96 yards. So I, I, I was dialed out to uh, 90, and I put a little Kentucky windage to it, and I placed that shot. It couldn't have been any more perfect right behind the shoulder, and that's where he tipped over. Oh, and I remember you going, dude. That was phenomenal, you know, and I'm like, eh, I got lucky, you know, <laughs> but it's, you know, back then, I mean, used to shoot a hundred yards all the time. Mm-hmm. I just didn't 
for some reason didn't want to go past 90. I just, you know, on, on my site tapes mm-hmm. and, uh, but it was just one of those situations I already had an, a, a, a shot in him and I wanted to make sure to anchor him before we started chasing him all over these canyons, right. you know, trying not to make that animal suffer. Mm-hmm. But then from there on, I've always been sighted out to a hundred yards uh, with my equipment, you know, comfortably because there's a whole whole thing with pea pipe and how much clearance you're going to get with your site, with your fletching and, and all that stuff that people have to be aware of that they are, most people are not, yeah. but some something to check. Mm-hmm. So here's so this, the, uh, going back to that photo there, Frank. So <clears throat> that's a North Dakota, that's a mule deer. Uh, mm-hmm. I can, yeah, the ground, like I've hunted a lot of familiar ground like that. Uh, so I, I had a suspicion that it was probably North Dakota and a, yeah. and a nice, nice mule deer. He's got four points on one side and looks like he's got three on the other or does he, does he fork out on that right side? He does. He does. Nope. He's three by four. Yeah. He's a three by four. But that's a, yeah. And that was, you said that was your first mule deer that you shot. Yeah, that's a good which one. I was so I was so stoked yeah, on man. that. Heck yeah, I was so stoked. And then the way it went down it was just kind of crazy because yeah. we it was interesting because we had like a full <laughs> on the way out there was uh, Jim Beardsley and he shot a lot of uh, paper targets along with Steve, and we were talking kinetic energy and you know those guys shot seventy pounds and I was shooting sixty. It was like sixty two pounds and. So we had this whole debate on kinetic energy and all that stuff. And, uh, and, uh, it was just funny that they, you know, they were in it when, and, and Jim was there too. So we, we were there and I sent that arrow and it just, you know, it stopped to the fletching and they both were like, unbelievable. Yeah. 60 pound <laughs> bow. And you've always been a proponent of shooting, um, speed. Yes. Um, yes. Not like, yep. I wouldn't say like a speed freak, but having the knowledge of you know that you know because everybody thinks oh you got to have heavier arrow to have you know more kinetic energy and have more penetration and that's not necessarily the case because speed plays a role it's part of the equation in right. the kinetic energy factor and and i i do i remember you um i always shoot sh- been shooting lighter poundage lighter arrows um you know you get a flatter shooting bow for when you're taking those longer shots out there and mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that is proofs in the pudding. That is, is an effective way to hunt. Yep. And then, and there's a whole recipe. Yep. There's a recipe for everything. And this is just certain things that I've always just, you know, try to avoid or if I need to make some adjustments, you know, and, and all, and all that. And I mean, everything now is, you know, really it's gone to heavier arrows and, and, and going down that road. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I don't know. I've always been quiet on what i use (laughs) um you know but if people want to listen and 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 ask i have no problems doing that but yeah out west especially i mean two yards can make a huge difference and if you make a fudge mark or if it moves or whatever and if it's shooting a little bit flatter uh that can make a huge difference right and then this was um back in texas this was a morning hunt i had this I think I had the boar come in first and shot him and he ran like 20 yards and tipped over. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting in there and sitting in the blind waiting, um, just kind of get my stuff together. And then this, uh, um, was, was that Corsican ram? 
Yeah, it's 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 yeah. So this came in, and I, you know, there it was kind of a package deal. So I harvested, uh, shot him, and then that went like forty yards and tipped over. So that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> long, long shaggy hair on that, uh, on that sheep. Just really, really cool. And that boar was delicious. Um, we actually cooked some of it up while we were there in Texas. Mm. So it was pretty cool. Okay. Pretty dark. Yeah. So, so in then, that, uh, in that photo there, that, you said that was Texas, right? Got some prickly yep. pear there in the back and. Oh see, yeah. Yeah. No, you got there's, a big scruffy, uh, hog here in front of you. Looks really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. what kind of hog is that? Is that like a, is that a Russian boar or is it? It's, it's a feral Russian. Yep. Okay. It's like a crossbred. True Russians get just absolutely huge. Sure. Just crazy big. Mm-hmm. So, and then we'll we'll jump to we'll jump to my this is my biggest white tail. It's beautiful. Uh, that's a that's a an Illinois buck that I shot back in 03. Um It's the only deer. It's the only buck that I have in the record book. Um just cause I, I knew it was going to make Boone and Crockett. So it, that, that's, it grosses 182, 182 and like four eights. And then, and then it, uh, nets 175 and five eights. Um, mainframe 10. Yeah. White tail. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And look it's at got those brow tines. On the right side, you'll see that it's got it almost kind of split there yeah. on the brow tine. Um, when the, and you can see he's got a scar on his, on his uh, snout yeah. from fighting. But under his spine, I guess we had there's the some Amish uh, peeps that were there at the time that used to butcher our deer, and he actually found an encapsulated broadhead under his spine. Oh wow! Yeah, and I was like, oh, you know, where is it? And he says, oh, we already threw that out. Oh shoot. It was a bummer because that tells tells a little bit more about the story mm-hmm. that I really wanted to be able to keep. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just one of those. I think I have one more photo of him in a different position. Uh, I'm just scrolling through. Oh, there's another right there. And then we'll go back up. But just a giant. Yeah, wow. You know, he had 13 inch G3s, uh, 27 inch long main beams. Uh, he's just, uh, you know that whole that whole hunt was kind of interesting because um again it's in illinois and um i had hunted a morning sit and i had a 150 class 10 pointer that came in and uh i saw him coming i had plenty of time to set up i was there's like a little creek crossing down below me that you know either they're gonna stop pause and jump or just have to slow down to slowly go through it if they want to walk it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we, uh, I sat the morning. So he's coming. It was like picture perfect. So he's coming, coming, coming. So he's getting to where there's some trees in the way. And I come to full draw and he comes in and he walks, he stopped perfect. And I'm just working the release and just, you know, just burning a hole absolutely through him right through the, right through the lungs, you know, and I'm just burning, burning, working, 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 and release is not going off. So now he gets, starts to move again. So I draw down and he's, now he's at like 30 yards 
you know, I made my adjustment and he's working the scrapes down an absolutely broadside, draw back again, and I'm working through release and it's an overkill release. Um, great releases. Um, and that's one thing, you know, I have, I've shot a lot of arrows through the years and I've done a lot of competition shooting. Um, and, and I forced myself to do that because you want to put yourself under the most stressful situation that you possibly can. So that when you have these moments for any type of harvest that you're going to do, that you can, you've already been there. You want it so that you can work through that moment. I mean, it's very exciting. Your heart gets pumping and you get jacked up and there's a lot going on. So you want to try to mimic that in your practicing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm working release. I'm, I'm excited, but I'm like, this arrow should have been gone, you know? And I, and he, now he just walks off. Um, it's, it's, it was a pick corn field <laughs> that went into this woodlot, woodlot that I was on and there's acorns and it was nice, just ideally pinch spot and stuff. And so now I'm watching him walk off and I'm just sick because anybody who's trying to, you know, kind of up their harvest or go for particular animals you you have you've spent a lot of time in the tree just to have that one encounter so i had another release in my my backpack and i grabbed it and i put it on and and uh i was just sitting up there and i was just i was just felt so sick i almost wanted to throw up i was just <laughs> so bummed and i'm i'm pretty much a an up person so you know you you know even though there's something bad happened or whatever you got to look for the good and mm -hmm. i was just i was just sitting there and i'm like i my head is just not in the right place so i i got down and i went over to where i was parked and there was a bale there and i was just shooting uh my bow and uh danny kruger come come rolling up in the pickup and he's like what's up you know see anything i told him i you know i was just bummed and Danny was the manager of the compound doctor at the time. And he was like, dude, I feel so bad. You know, I just sold you that release. I said, no, it's not you. It's just, I must have some dirt in there or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's my fault. It's it, and, and again, it's, if you don't take care of your equipment, it's not going to take care of you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm so paranoid. I don't like to lay things in the dirt and I don't like to, do, you know, I, I'm just very anal about my stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, so he's like, you know what, Frank? He goes, just start adding 10 inches a day. Just start adding 10 inches a day. You're going to shoot something big, man. I said, yeah, okay, cool. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I shook it off and get back in the game. So then this happened, I think, four days later, three or four days later, where I harvested this buck. And that was kind of interesting because I was sitting in a different location, and it was a morning sit. And um, I got on the squawk box, and uh, – handheld because i was gonna i wanted to get out of there mm -hmm. so i got a hold of guys and they were they were back at the truck and i said well i think what i want to do is just head over to the to the uh there, there was like a hub there was this location where uh wayne kruger shot a 202 inch white tail there like a couple years previous just it's got everything it's got woodlots and it's got all these other fields there's you know uh corn and alfalfa and all that and it was just a hub that came together it was a good travel corridor mm -hmm. and then danny was you know that was going to be his spot you know and i said hey you know what would you think you know can i go over to that over to the hub and he's like yeah go ahead i said and i think i'm just gonna i'm just gonna sit because i said a guy i haven't seen an adult doe for 
days. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm just, getting, you know, young does that aren't in the cycle and, and, um, you know, younger bucks just, you know, I got to change something. He's like, yeah, go over there. So I, I went over there. I, so I still hunted over to it. It was like a few hundred yards slipped up in the tree and it was probably about, oh, I'd say 10 to 11 when I started, when I was all in and nuzzled in and stuff, ready to go. And, uh, and I'm, I'm sitting there. It hadn't even been a half hour. It's like 1130. And I hear spoosh sploosh down in the, in the creek bottom. So I look around the tree because the tree that I was in was pretty big. Night, great cover. And I look around. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm just like, God, that's a huge doe. She's like 30 yards away down in the water. Mm-hmm. She's kind of breathing hard, breathing heavy. So she's in there to get a drink and, and cool down. I've even seen where they'll just, especially when the chase is on, they'll just go in there and lay, lay in the water yeah. and get going again. Yeah. And uh, so she's taking her time and I'm looking at her. I'm like, God, I mean, she's like, you know, then you just start doing mental math. Like, God, she's probably live weight. She's like 180. She's just huge. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, God, there's got to be a buck, you know? So I, I look at her and it's a great big sumac tree. I think it's sumac. No. Um, oh, I can't remember what the tree is. But I look around the other side of the tree and it's a draw that comes down and I see him coming down and i looked at i looked at the i looked at the top and is you know because i'm looking from the top down on him i'm going oh my <laughs> god and i'm like this is a shooter so i look you know so he's coming he's gonna follow the doe so i ranged the doe it was like 32 yards uh i grabbed my bow i knew i didn't have a shot to my left of the tree. I just didn't. And I knew he was going to come that way anyway. So I grabbed my bow, put it on 30 yards because I have a, you know, the one pin movable, which always drove Danny Kruger nuts because I don't know how you have time to move things. <laughs> and I, I always say, I, I always say it just, it helps me. I like to be busy in that moment because mm-hmm. then it distracts me. It just helps me focus on stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I did that, grabbed the bow. I'm hooked up. I'm ready. And I'm kind of waiting, waiting. The doe's walked off now and, it feels like forever and eternity, which it's not. Mm-hmm. And I and I did because I didn't hear him hit the water yet. So I I, I look, you know, I, I creep left of the tree and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, there he is! Wow, now he's broadside. I'm like, holy buckets! And I'm like, okay, stop looking at the horns. Mm. Just pick a spot, smoke, you know, behind the shoulder, and and uh, it's gonna all happen. He's gonna walk. So now, so he starts to walk again. So now I'm I'm ready on the where I'm looking down with the right side of the tree and he's, he comes, his, his nose just starts to hit. I pull into view. So I pull the full draw and he comes in broadside and I, uh, I, um, I erped real loud to get him to stop. And, and it was, it, I mean, the, <laughs> when people th- say things go into slow motion, it, it totally did that mm-hmm. because I, still see him today where he stopped and he's turning his head to look my way and the arrow i don't ever remember the arrow going off and it just um took off you know it uh released the arrow and he didn't he never got his head around and it was already through him (laughs) then he ran up 
up the embankment into this standing cornfield. And then it was like helter skelter. There was deer just going all over the place over there. <laughs> over there. So I've, I'm kind of just, I'm standing there and I'm looking, you know, I'm like, okay, just, you know, trying to remember last spot where you see them and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause that's vital. Cause that's that, you know, cause your heart's pumping, the adrenaline's going and that's where, you know, always mark things, mm-hmm. you know, which tree and all that, because when you get down out of the tree, it's going to be all different and, and you're going to have a hard time, like, you know, picking up blood and know where exactly he went. So yeah. I sent the arrow and, um, I, I set my bow back on the hook and I sat down and I had to just take a minute. Like, did this, did this really happen? <laughs> yeah. We're looking at my quiver and going, I'm, and I'm going, one, two, three, four. Oh God. Yeah. you know i I just get my composure back because you know i'm just you know i'm all i'm all business you know but now i'm just you know just this shaking mess Mm -hmm. uh so then i think i got on i think i got on the i think i called my cell phone to the guys or i just got on the squawk box and i say hey (laughs) i just i just shot a an exceptional deer, you know, mm-hmm. I just shot a buck and they're like, is it the big 10? Cause actually there's uh, the guys had seen a couple of the guys had actually seen this deer. Um, few days throughout, throughout the course of the hunt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the one, the one guy, uh, Craig Shim had actually seen him. He was our back of the truck had seen him cross the upper field before he got down to me. Ah, oh. and, um, and of course you can't, you can't do anything. Um, you know, it's not like, and you don't want anybody talking on stuff because it'll screw everything up right. because that's about time something there. Yeah. So as I, I just, you know, I just, I just got a good one. Um, and they're asking me and I said, I don't know how big it is. It could be a two pointer or a 20 pointer. I just know it's big. It's, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to overanalyze. I just knew it was a shooter. Yeah. You know? And, so they're like, well, should we come down? I'm like, no, no, yeah. I want, we're going to give it time. We're going to give it a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to pack myself really, really slow. And I'm going to walk out and, you know, I'll walk back to the truck and we'll meet up there. So that's what I did. I, you know, I tried to see my arrow with binos and I couldn't, and I just, I didn't, everything's super loud and crunchy. Yeah. The leaves are you know, super. So I just, I, I, I waited there at least 30 or 40 minutes. Then I got out of the tree and then I just walked out got back to the truck and the guys are, you know, asking me what happened and, you know, how I, you know, how the felt, how I uh, thought the, the shot felt and, and all that. And, uh, you know, and they're like, come on, well, he's dead. He's dead. You know, he's, well, let's, let's go, let's go. I'm like, no, let's just give him a little time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm all about giving time yeah. to think, you know, if you don't see it tip over, uh, what, why, why chance it? Right. You know? So we finally, we get down there and, you know, I'm like, okay, we're you know, it's got to be right about here and this and that. Oh, got blood, and, and uh, so we're looking, and then we found the arrow, and that looked good. We go up the embankment, we're kind of looking around. Out goes in the corn, and we're trailing in the corn. And then uh, Wayne Wayne Kruger was just ahead of me. Of course, I had my bow, and I'm knocked up. Mm-hmm. You know, because oh, is he or not? Yeah, and. Um, he uh, he says, Frank, he, 
Wayne saw him first and he goes, you shot a booner, man. You shot a booner. And, and <laughs> is he, I, I, I could see him there and it was kind of cool. Cause he just, he kind of was like, he was standing and he just collapsed. So he was just laying down and his, and his nose was in the dirt and his rack was just sticking above the dirt. <laughs> and I'm like, is he dead? You know? Cause that's like, he looks like he's about ready to bolt out of there. Right. And uh, like, he's dead. He's dead. So Wayne, like, you know, pretty much, you know, wrestled me bum rushed me and was you know hugging me and and uh i just went over to the front of him and i, I sat down and I'm, I'm just like i was speechless yeah it's like yeah. i i'm just in total awe of this animal and uh and that and that's one of those moments and i've had you know several thereafter and you know basically as we start looking at more of these photos that is exactly the thing that i want everybody to experience is that it's unbelievable. I mean, you, you, there's so much emotion rushing through you, mm-hmm. um, you know, and in, in an animal like this, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's a bummer, but you know, he's, you know, six, six to seven years of age. Um, you know, he was at the end of his life cycle. Yeah. So for him to, to have multiple more years, um, they would be really hard on them. And I think that's something too, where people don't take into account. So it's like, you're, you know, it's sad, but yet it's a fulfilling moment. And I know that, you know, he got to go out on a high mm-hmm. instead of, you know, struggling, you know, potentially starving to death and being, you know, struck down by some coyotes and stuff and going out in a horrible fashion, right. you know, and that, that's the thing too, like with every, all my mounts are not, they're not bragging rights by any means. They're just, when I see those things, those memories come back to me and I just treasure every single one of them, mm-hmm. all those experiences. And you're going to see, you know, animals of various sizes and, and shapes um, in here. Uh, I go to my first bear that I ever harvested. I mean, I look like I'm a teenager, but I'm not, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, that was really cool. That was in Hinkley, Minnesota. And super stoked about that. Came in, I shot him at like 20 yards and he went up into the cornfield and I had to track him in there and I was by myself. And, and that was a whole different experience. Mm-hmm. It was super fun. Um, here's a last, last day of the year uh, hunt. It was so cold out. It was, had to be about 30, 40 below. And this was a deer that was injured. So this was a specific target. Um, uh, to get, he had been hit by a car earlier in the year and he was just really failing. Matter of fact, when I, when I scun him out and stuff, the uh, meat uh, was tainted green. So, oh. I mean, that, you know, just talking about horribly, you know, passing away, that yeah. was, that was it. But that, that deer was, <laughs> you know, the last day of the season and, um, and, uh, he was coming in. I saw him and I could not, I couldn't turn in the seat because the, or I couldn't turn in the stand because it was popping. It was that cold. Mm-hmm. It was just a ping, you know, super loud. And it was, you know, so quiet. So it was, I had to turn and these are some different things that with, you know, that's why leagues are good. Yeah. You know, go do leagues, you know, get out, get out the vapor trail and do leagues this, this winter. And, and uh, get involved with that. We, you know, it was a twisting shot. So it was like my feet were forward and I had to turn all the way to the back 
and make that shot happen. Yeah. Because I couldn't move my feet because it that slight there was either a bolt loose or something in the in the stand platform mm -hmm. um, that made that pop. So I was able to harvest him. And uh, so that was pretty cool to make that all happen. And well, here's my, I wanna, here's my first. I want to go back to <clears throat> your Illinois buck real yeah, yeah. quick. Because, um, you know, you talking about just, you know, the reaction that <clears throat> Wayne had. It was, was it Wayne or Danny that you were? Wayne. It was Wayne. So just yeah. the reaction that he had and, you know, just the emotions that you have and everything like that. Like I, you probably saw it, but on my social media page, I recently just did like a three part mm -hmm. series on that buck. And, yep. um, it, it isn't, it's funny how like you remember every single detail, like right down to like the, every frame of, you know, if, if I could replay the video in my head, like mm -hmm. I can remember every frame <clears throat> except for when I launched the arrow. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. but then I, yeah, I like blacked out. And then all of a sudden I came back to when I saw the arrow didn't go where I wanted it to, but yeah. either way, you know, it's like, it's funny how I can't remember what I did last weekend, but I can remember every single detail <clears throat> of that hunt and I'll never forget it, you know? And, and so going back to your experience with that Illinois buck, I mean, you know, just, and, and so cool that, you know, Wayne was there with you to kind of share in that moment and, and you do, you, you, I don't consider myself to be a trophy hunter, but when there's just something that takes over and you, but you can't even, mm -hmm. you just, you're speechless. You can't move. Your body goes numb. You almost have an out of body experience. I did not have a clue what, uh, you know, what the antler size was. I same as mm. you, I just knew it was big and I was not going to hesitate. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a feeling that is indescribable. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's magical. Um, and every essence of the word magical. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, anybody who puts their time and effort and research into anything, you know, and I, and I, I tried to get to know my, my game and, and, you know, the things that I'm pursuing, try to get to know and know them and their background and what they do and what triggers. Cause I want to be, I want to see, you know, my whole thing is like, if I see the animals on a hunt, I'm, I, I figure that is total success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if I'm not seeing them at all, it's like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know, I need to change some things because mm -hmm. this sucks. I mean, I love, you know, I'll look at butterflies and flowers and stuff, but you know, it's nice to at least see some, some game that mm -hmm. you're pursuing yeah. in amongst all that experience but yeah, yeah it's, a, it's such it's, a big part uh, of it like you're saying you know just knowing yeah. that you, you know that you have the ability to put yourself in a position where you're seeing deer and when you're not then you're kind of questioning you know what am i doing you know and and any time spent in the tree is better than a lot of situations uh but you know i mean i don't know well and there's and there's a time to you know move get aggressive you know, and it's mm -hmm. knowing when, and that's, you know, and that's over time you learn those different things. And again, just talking to people and, and gaining that knowledge, but yeah, it's for me being out and just seeing an animal of this quality is just, that's the trip yeah. right there. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. You just, I mean, an animal of this caliber, 
is when they walk out, man, they, they just, they have such a presence. They just own this. Just the whole tone changes. And that's where, you know, it's like, man, I just want everybody to experience it. Any whitetail hunter that, you know, puts their time in and has done that. I want them to experience it because it's so cool. Yeah. And you're just like, this is one bad animal. And you shot this buck in 2003 and then, so you, but you started shooting or like started hunting when you were six. So that's how many, how many years is that? I mean, not trying to date uh, you or age you or anything, but. Oh no, no, that's, that's, I'm going to be, I'll be 56 in, in March. So that's 50 years of basically being involved in the outdoors, Mm -hmm. which is like insane to say, but. So what's the, what's the, how many years until you shot this buck in Illinois from when you started hunting? Um, I was, let's see. Oh, geez. I don't know if I'm trying to do mental math here, which is kind of, (laughs) kind of crazy. So if we subtract, (laughs) do some math. Good Lord. I can't believe I can't figure this out, you know, on the fly. Well, if it's, this is so dumb. I can't, I can't get to my stupid calculator. So how old were you in 2003? Yep. Subtract 2003. So I was, no, I wasn't 20 years old. Is that right? No, no. It's 2023, subtract 2003. Yeah, it's saying I'm 20. So 30. So Yeah, because it, it was 20 years ago that you shot that buck. That's so crazy to think, but that was 20 years ago when you <laughs> shot that buck. You've been in it for 50. So 30 yeah. years in the outdoors and countless yeah, hours and time spent behind a bow and a rifle and, you know, just all of those things, you know, for this. And for me it was like 22 years. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, to, to come across an animal of that caliber is, you know, it's almost like winning the lottery, you know, and that's not to say that it didn't have anything to do with your abilities to put yourself in the right position, but even you mm-hmm. can do everything in your power to put yourself in the right position. And you still may, you know, the, the fact that that animal walked within range of you to take a shot and then everything fell into place. It is, it's like winning the lottery. It absolutely is. I mean, and that's, I mean, there's different scoring, you know, methods. There's Pope and Young and there's Boone and Crockett and, you know, anybody who's harvested a Boone and Crockett, I mean, that's definitely like winning the lottery. I mean, and there's, there's people out there that have harvested a lot of Boone and Crockett's, but. I mean, you have to look at the amount of time and effort. I mean, it, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, you know, you, you start to talk about the celebrities that are out there. Mm-hmm. And people get a little <clears throat> little defensive on like, uh, well, they, you know, it's like, no, I know that they work very hard <laughs> to create the habitat and then letting animals go, you know, in the 150s, mm-hmm. 160s all the time, you know, and and their neighbors can shoot them. I mean, those those animals don't just stay on their property. They try to create environments <clears throat> that they will, mm-hmm. but that's through, you know, a ton of money and countless <clears throat> hours. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I know, and I've I've talked to Lee uh, at different shows and stuff, and that guy is just like a guru of of, of whitetail and whitetail management right. and habitat. 
And so there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot in there, you know? So, I mean, for like an average guy kind of just doing this, I mean, we, we kicked around, we found this property and, and, um, you know, that's, that's budget type stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, that it, it's even, it's even more rewarding. Um, your, your, I guess your encounters lessen, you know, when you're doing this on a budget and, and, um, trying to up your game. Cause then you're letting a lot of stuff go too. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that I've harvested. I mean, I'm, I definitely, I don't, you know, I'd like to shoot a Pope and Young or better. And I know now the last couple of times that I've been out, like I got to go last year and I had a lot of, a lot of Pope and Young bucks out in front of me. And I just, I don't know. I, it's really weird. I, I, I look at them now and I'm like, man, you could, you could have some potential, but there's no guarantees and like where we're hunting in Illinois now, it's like, we really don't see the same deer from year to year, mm-hmm. but there's some great animals. I did get on at full draw on a, on 150 inch, uh, white tail last year, which we would have went four for four. Um, but I wasn't able to send the arrow because it was just behind a tree and I, mm-hmm. I couldn't make that happen. And I didn't want to force the shot. So I let him walk and then he ended up getting harvested by the neighbor the very next day. <laughs> so this was, I was super happy for him because, you know, that's that's how that stuff goes, mm-hmm. but at least I had an encounter, right? You right. know, and I have tons of <clears throat> encounters. I've got you know on my cell phone. I got you know biddies, and I shared that on Facebook and stuff too. And I do that throughout the when I am on my hunting adventures. I try to share all that so people can kind of get my perspective and see that stuff. And a lot of time, they're half the time they're just like, oh, you know, you should, you know, you should take that one. You should have shot that one. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, he's not he's not quite Pope and Young, or man, he kind of looks cool. I don't know. I just, you know, in the moment, mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do a little bit too, is just kind of raise the bar a little bit. And cause the thing is too, is if I'm letting some stuff go, that could be a great experience for someone else. Yeah. And then maybe I'm, and then I'm also hoping that, you know, they start upping their bar a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that can just be future stuff for someone else. You know, it's kind of like paying it forward. Um, I mean, I loved it. I love eating whitetail, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot all the does I want and they fill the freezer and they taste the same. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of tough where, you know, now we're, tar- now we're kind of segueing to management, but, um, and, and, and you should earn your wings, yeah. you know, you know, and that's, and that's good because that's the thing too. You need to harvest animal and game to when the moment comes on something like this, mm-hmm. you can you can make it happen because I've known people that have froze right up. Oh yeah. You even get their bow back, you know, and they just, they were almost outside of their body and, and <laughs> lost total control of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, it just blew their mind. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know what, why that mentality is so common. Um, I did the same thing. I rifle hunted with my dad for many years. And then when I finally got into doing things with a bow, I had this mentality that I was, I was only going to shoot a big buck. That was, that was going to be my plan. And I was going to let, apparently I was going to let small bucks walk, even though I hadn't really shot any small bucks with a gun. I just don't know what that, why I had that mindset. And then Mm -hmm. when the opportunity came, um, I couldn't even get my, couldn't even draw my bow back. And so, you know, and it's funny because just, you know, a couple weekends ago, I was up north with some family at a wedding. My cousin's daughter's um, boyfriend just started getting into um, bow hunting, and he's going. He went right to the recurve, 
And uh, oh, he was talking okay. about how he had watched a lot of does going by. Um, and I said, man, you got to let one of those does have it, you know, um, because I, you know, and, and he's like, well, you know, I don't want to burn my, you know, my buck tag on a doe. And I said, well, you can get a bonus doe tag, you know, it's mm-hmm. 26 bucks. I was like, heck, talk, talk to, um, Justin, who's my cousin. I'm like, talk to him. I'm sure he'll give you the money for the tag. Cause sure. you know, he, he wants him to shoot it cause it's on his property. So he wants him to shoot a deer for him. And I'm Absolutely. like, yeah, you can do that, you know? And then now if a doe comes by, I'm like, you, you're going to want to fl- start flinging some arrows because it's, you know, you got to get a few under your belt before you, um, even think about trying to maintain your composure when the giant yeah. comes walking by. And so, and I've, had, yeah, no, you're, you're hitting it. I've had these conversations with people cause it's, you know, right away they want to be like, Hey, I want to, I'm going to go out of state and you know, and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's like, you know, you really need to spend some time, you know, you need to start harvesting, to go turkey hunting here, yeah. you know, um, yeah, shoot those does, grab all the tags you can and, and start doing that because what has happened, you know, they saved up every dime that they could and they, you know, they went on a guided hunt and for whatever, mm-hmm. elk or or whitetail or whatever. And when the moment came, they just froze up. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, I mean, they didn't even understand what happened. <clears throat> and I'm like, it's experience. Yeah. You, you need the experience. That's what I was talking about. And I, and, and that's, and that's the other thing is when that happens to people, then they get defeated and they don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. It's like, no, this, this is, this is what I didn't want for you to happen. You know, you, you just, you got to kind of, ease into it and, and gain, gain some experience and then you're going to know. And then when the time comes, it's going to just be systematic and you're going to, you're going to know what to look for mm-hmm. even after the shot and when the animal takes off, <clears throat> you know, how to, how to then, you know, retrieve the animal. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, there's so many little things, mm-hmm. but yeah, they just, all of a sudden they want to jump. Yeah. I'm going to go search. It's like, Ooh, <laughs> I mean, that's great. I mean, you're really starting to pound the paper. That's great. But you need, I mean, you need to, you know, go to 3D shoots and put yourself, have have 20 people looking at you shoot and, you know, get yourself in the limelight, mm-hmm. you know. For sure. And that's something that I've always tried to do is just force myself into those situations so yeah. that I can make that happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and all this other stuff, like my first bear and this, this deer that we talked about. Um, let me get to, there's my first doe. <laughs> the bow. That's so cool. Back in the day, I was that was that again. I remember that arrow. Um, that's out of out of a Jennings Carmen Extreme XLR. There you go. And those are some looms. I think those are XX seventy fives shafts. <laughs> Aluminum. And, love it. Yeah, it was kind of raining out, and uh, let's see. I think I was dating. Dating uh, Jody at the time, and we were out in the rain. She was kind of uh, coming around with me, and uh, I saw that doe, and I'm like, "Oh, we got to we got to go down through the draw and come back up to get to where we can shoot that doe." Mm. We did. I kind of felt so bad. I went through a bunch of junk, and then I snuck through. But it was cool. It was 30 yards, and again, I had that big old orange knock. 
and she's standing there broadside and the rain just it's just kind of lightly raining and I drew back and sent that arrow and I just see that orange dot orange knock just disappear and fly out <laughs> the other side in the dirt and it was all slow-mo and then it just sped up. I watched her hit the corn field and run down it and she ran down the road maybe like 60 yards and piled up and was dead and I was just like why I, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever yeah just it was so cool mm -hmm. so very cool hey Frank I'm gonna um pee my pants here okay so <laughs> I'm just gonna take a quick break I'm just gonna keep it recording or whatever but I'm just gonna run uh oh, yeah. take a leak real quick sure Be right back cool Yeah, 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 yeah. Cell phone. I still got it. Really? Oh, I think I tossed it. No. <laughs> And I'm back. All right. All right, here we go. Got a nice yeah. carp here. Yeah, yeah. So this is back in the day, a little carp fishing. That's always fun to do. Here's a, this is a South Dakota buck. That was actually, I was pretty, pretty pleased with that little bugger. Uh, I was with a buddy of mine and we don't, we went out, didn't know. Uh, we had turkey hunted uh, the spot, and he just wanted to go out. I'm like, yeah, I'll go with you. And uh, it was out of a ground blind, so it was like the last. I think we had two days left. I mean, and there was deer on. We just couldn't get in on it. So I seen this block of woods up from this draw. So I went in there and threw a blind up because I'd been seeing some deer activity out of the one kind of crossing through that little woodlot. And uh, – he came in. That was pretty neat. It was 30 yards mm. and put the smoke to him. So that was pretty cool. Here's a Minnesota buck. That's a good one. A heavier. Came up. Yeah. And then we'll jump to uh, 
Here's a wide Illinois buck. He's like 21 inches inside spread on that, that dude. That was kind of cool. I'd seen him in the morning out of another stand. And uh, he moved into a block with two does into this little woodlot. There's like a cedar thicket there. So then I moved moved a stand to that spot. And then the evening, I just did an evening sit. And I heard, I heard him grunt down in the bottom of the cedars. And uh, I did a slight calling uh, sequence. Vocal, vocal stuff, and he actually came up and he came right underneath the tree stand, and he's just standing there because there's a fence that he's got to jump to get out in the into this field, mm-hmm. this clover field. And I'm looking at him like, oh my god, he's so wide. <laughs> I hadn't seen anything that wide ever, mm-hmm. and uh, so when he jumped the fence and was out, I think I shot him at like ten yards, and then he did a burn across the field and just died across this little little uh, field road. So that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Then I did a little antelope hunting there yeah. and over in Wyoming. That was so, such a fun hunt. Antelope hunting is if you 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 got to get out and at least do it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done all mine out of a ground blind. Um, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, all I've never done the spot and stock. And here's another nice goat that I shot in Wyoming. He's let's see. The one prior was probably like 67. This dude was 70, 71, I think. Wow. Um, let's see. I wish these all would have grouped because that would have been so nice because then I'll show you my – this is the one I shot um, three years. He's 78. Wow. You're a sniper. So he's about push, pushing 80 inches. You know, Of course, they don't, they don't do these kickers there. Yeah. So they're like an inch a piece on that. But yeah, this, yeah, this really hunt cool. was another Wyoming over in Gillette. And it was a last, last day of the hunt. I had already logged a hundred hours in the blind because I'd come from Colorado, came home and we went out wow. and hunted all week. And he came in, it was a morning hunt. I saw him at about 150 yards and it was really cool because it was that new technology with the see-through blinds. Mm. And uh, he came in, when he first came in, he was like 10 yards just from the blind. So then he's walking through and I had my bow and I'm like, I got to get him to stop. Mm. But I don't, you know, I don't want to grunt at him because that can make him spook. So I'm like, you have to wait. So there was a transition from where I was because there was some water that there was a there was a rise to a alfalfa field so he stopped and i had already ranged it It was 42 yards so he stopped at the top of that and i drew on him again just burning the burning the pin through him and uh the release went off and uh smoked him uh it hit his opposite shoulder that's why there's no exit you can see there because it was opposite side Mm. And he did the old turn and burn and went 70 yards and piled right up. But, uh, yeah, that was super cool. When I walked yeah. over to him, that was like, wow. Cause I figured he was, I knew he was good, but I didn't think he was that good. Yeah. You know, like big, pretty darn sweet. And that is a pronghorn antelope. Was that Wyoming as well? 
Yep. Okay. Yep. I did. See, I think I got another one. Here's my one in Colorado that I had okay. shot. Which again, I should have I should have waited on that one. That was like 62, 62 mm. inches. Which back in the day that would actually have been Pope and Young, but uh, the pronghorn stuff has changed so much over the years. Yeah. Okay. With the uh, with the advent of all that, but see now I'm going back here. So here's another Illinois buck. That was pretty cool. He's yeah. got a lot of garbage on the bottom. Younger, you know, it's it's weird. He's like probably a three and a half year old deer. Mm-hmm. Just looking at his face and stuff. Yeah, it was one of those things. I had some photos of him. Here's yeah, broken here's off. a caribou. Here's a caribou hunt thing I had was on. That was pretty cool. This was the last day deal as well. The caribou. I'll tell you what. That shook me. Ever I I drew on some other bulls and I actually took uh, had some shots and uh, I, I just they were so big you know like, of course their antlers are the largest you know scorable uh, antlers in North America and uh, I just it, they got to me it was really weird hmm. it was really weird um, John Schaefer was actually on the same hunt yeah. Uh, I was there, uh, watched him shoot a really nice bull. And actually, the this barren ground stuff, if you ever see any of his advertising stuff, I actually took those photos. <laughs> oh, right on. Yeah, and, and sent them back to him. He's like, hey, can you send those to me? And then I, I went to ATA, and it was on his backdrop and stuff. I'm like, oh, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So it was pretty cool and some of his advertising stuff. But, yeah, mm-hmm. this was neat. It was really weird. It was I saw that we saw the bull. We were in a boat. From there, you just can't have the motor on. So he had shut the motor off, and we coasted for, oh, God. We coasted for, like, 50 yards. And I I ranged, I ranged the bull. It was at 60 I, and because I was just figuring out the tempo of the boat moving, mm-hmm. like how much distance was actually losing. So I actually put the pin at 55 yards. It was Ethel Drawn sent it, and I double-lunged it. Nice. And it ran and tipped over. Yeah, that's and beautiful. The, and my guide was like, you could make that shot, but you couldn't make those other shots. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you know, I don't know. I guess I just had to – I had other things going on in my head that distracted me, which made things work up. Right. Yeah. Caribou, that was – Man, if if a guy could go back and do that, I would I would love it. I mean, it was just the northern lights were absolutely beautiful. I got to see a wolverine on the very first day. Go over and take a there was a a carcass of a caribou that he ripped the leg off and ran off with, and I got all the other guys in our group to see it. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, and the migration, super cool. Watch them swimming across the lakes and stuff, and just unbelievable. I don't know. Did you already say where was where were you at when you shot this caribou? Uh, this was in uh, Manitoba, north of Manitoba. Okay. By the, there's a the division line that's up there that's actually, what is the marker? Well, it's like a tundra marker type mm-hmm. thing. It's okay. really far, far, far north. Yeah. It was a fly-in deal. It's awesome. Here's another Lindstrom buck, six-pointer. There you go. Harvested back in the day. Hometown and, buck. Yeah, here's an, here's an access deer. Very good eating. That's a Texas hunt. Uh, here's another Illinois buck from a few years ago. That was that was a pretty cool deer. Very symmetrical. Yeah, White he tail. he came. 
I grunted. Let's see, that was first morning hunt. He come in. Mm. Uh, I did a grunting sequence just after first light. And it was in a really cool draw. And there was a lot of oak trees in the draw. And it just a lot of travel corridors. And it was tore up. And, mm-hmm. and I did a calling sequence. And he come up over the adjacent ridge. So he came up and he was coming down. And he stopped about midway and he kind of looked. And then he was coming. And uh, he stopped at the base of my tree. So I had... I'd already drawn and I anchored down. So I shot him from the top down. So, and then he went over, he ran through the draw and he tried and he ran up the other side and he died at the top of that. So, which I was <laughs> thankful for. Yeah. Big, real big body deer to, to, to get him out of there. We actually mm-hmm. broke the, <laughs> the carrier on Danny Kruger's side by side, getting him out, <laughs> oh, wow. which was crazy. Mm-hmm. And then this eight, Pointer. That's another yeah, Illinois buck. That one. And that was that was crazy because uh, Wayne Kruger shot a really nice eight pointer the night before, and we always make a kind of a thing, you know, like the next day we're going to take pictures and stuff. Of course, he was already field dressed and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to meet up at uh, ten o'clock. So uh, it was getting close. It, yeah, it was getting to be 10 o'clock. And, I, and there was some movement. There was some decent movement, but, you know, it kind of slacked off. So I, I gathered all my stuff, and I sent my bow down. And and one thing about Wayne Kruger, that guy, now the guy has invented a ton of different things for hunting and gadgets and stuff. So mm-hmm. on my pole rope, he made, he fashioned like these little hooks at hook. So you can, you can let your bow down, unhook it. And then you retrieve your, it's on an auto reel deal, mm-hmm. an easy hoist deal. So you can go back up and then you can send your pack down mm. because less things um, that you have on your body, you know, in a tree stand, you know, it's just kind of a safety thing, which we'll touch on that at an, on another deal. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, I let the bow down and I always try to, like situate the bow like it's leaning, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know why. Well, I, I don't want the cams in the dirt. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I, I try to get it so it's you know pivots on the stabilizer and the arrows can flex. I don't really care about that. So mm-hmm. it. I got down and I'm. I zip up the uh, hoist, and I'm I'm kind of bent over, and there, we have a it's a porter rail that's on there. It's an actual railing system that mounts to the tree. So I was, lean, I bent over and I was looking and I look forward and I see him mm. and he's, he's just walking. He's just walking the edge of the, the wood line. <clears throat> and I'm looking at him going, oh man, no, this can't be happening. I was just like, you know, shooter, shooter, shooter. And I'm, and I like pause for a second. Well, what do I do? It's like, well, I got to get my bow. So I, I, I reel the bow deal all the way down now mind you our our stands are anywhere from 22 to 30 feet up and i was mm-hmm. probably at 25 mm-hmm. so i'm i'm trying to get the the hook back down the rope and and of course i'm, I'm letting it down and i'm looking because i want to keep tabs on where he's at mm-hmm. so hook down there and i i did a little swing and i hooked my cam on the first <laughs> first try so then i'm reeling the bow up because now he's kind of, he's coming through and there's a trail that 
comes toward me, then mm-hmm. that'll go down past me. So now he's over there and there is a, there is a scrape over there. So now he's hitting the scrape. So I'm frantically, I get the bow, I put that back, had to put my release back on. I had to, <laughs> I had to knock an arrow, you know, and I'm like, this is not going to happen, you know, but I'm just, I'm trying not to push anything, trying yeah. not to freak out. And, uh, I get everything and now he's, he's just going to leave he, cause he's already staged and now he wants to go and he's going to cut across. There's like a short corner on the edge of the field that he wants to cross. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I got to do something. So I grab my grunt tube and that's one thing too, like with calling sequences, don't just call at them. Yeah. I, you want to call, like I turn, I turn my body and I get the call away like it's i wanted to make it sound like it's back down in the draw mm-hmm. behind me so that i'm trying to pull him to me right because yeah. it's like you don't yelling at it's like no i'm calling from down here because you can actually do that with calls you can you can position things to make things you can pseudo direct the animal yeah and of course i'm crossing my fingers because it's like well he already came through he already looked he's basically already scanned the area mm-hmm. so I, I did a couple and I didn't and don't blast. He's already there. You know, yeah. start, always start soft on your calling and then you can gradually get louder. Um, especially when you're starting a calling sequence and if you don't know any animals there, always, always think that there is an animal there. Start soft, get louder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just a couple soft grunts and he jerked his head around. And I'm like, I put the call away. So now he, he got curious enough where he turned. Now he's coming to me. Mind you, he's probably about 70 yards. Now he's coming. So I'm like, all right, you know, this is really cool. So now there's a, he's either going to come walk down past me at five yards and go down in this draw, or there's a trail that goes to my left, which that would be ideal. And that'll be like a five yard shot. And then mm-hmm. there's another trail at about 23 yards that cuts and goes across. Mm-hmm. So he, he comes up and of course there's always one tree, right? Yeah. So there's a tree that's about this big around at like 20 yards. So he walks up and he stops basically behind that tree. Mm-hmm. And now he's just, he's just, he's looking around, you know, I can see antlers and then antlers on each side of the tree. I'm like, man, he's not going to come down here. He's just not. Cause now he can see, yeah. you know, why, what he's not gonna, and I can't call, I can't do that. He's yeah. too close for so he pivots and he's, and he's turning and now he's going back and now my heart's back sinking. Mm. And that's one thing with these encounters, you want to be on the most weirdest adrenaline rush ride. This is it because you are at the ultimate highs and ultimate lows, back to the ultimate highs, back to the ultimate lows within nanoseconds. Mm-hmm. So now he's walking away. And for some reason, he's like, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna cut off this other trail at 23 yards and cut across. Well, I, I saw where he was going. I saw his body start to turn that way, so I came to full draw. I already knew what the yardage was. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I had it on – I think I had it on 20 yards, but I knew it was like 23. So, I mean, again, with the speed and everything, mm-hmm. there's minimal amount of drop at that yardage. Yep. So, yeah, he he came in. I erped one time. He stopped perfect broadside, sent the arrow, double lung, ran up, jumped, jumped the fence, and just died on the other side of the fence. <laughs> so <laughs> then I, was, I had to call the guys and say, hey, it looks like we're going to have uh, 
I'm a little late because I just shot a real nice eight pointer mm-hmm. and we got, they're like, what? So they're all stoked. And that's one thing too, with this crew guys, they're, we're all helping each other because we all want everybody to get these encounters and harvest these animals. So mm-hmm. that was super, super cool Yeah, to have down. I love that, you know, everything you had to go through to, um, to get, you know, to make that all happen. Right. And it's, I've always kind of joked about that too, because so many of the encounters I've had, it's when I'm screwing around, you know what I mean? Like I'm not focused, I'm not paying attention. And so I've joked about that a few times where I'm like just sitting there quietly, patiently, not moving. And then I'm like, you know what the problem is, is I'm not screwing around doing something I shouldn't be doing. (laughs) And so, you know, of course then it doesn't, you know, it doesn't pan out that way either, but it's interesting Mm -hmm. how that can happen you know and i love that you were able to get that all together and uh you know make it happen that's awesome yeah it was just crazy just totally crazy well here's a here's a vermilion a, bear right here that's a big bear yeah that one was that was pretty cool he's about 300 pounds um my buddy has a cabin up on vermilion and we had to do everything by boat mm-hmm. all the baiting and stuff, which was really cool yeah. it was it was an experience to uh to do that. And I had gone up there for years and stuff and just to help him out, right. which was pretty cool. Yeah. So here's a stag. This was in New Zealand back in the day. Red stag. That was a fun hunt. Nice. Yeah. That was a fun hunt. There was chamois and, or chamois and um, tar running around because it was some steep stuff and mm-hmm. some elk and that. So matter of fact, where is my elk here? <laughs> so I harvested this elk on the same hunt. Mm. Oh my gosh. Which is on the wall here. So over in New Zealand, see their elk will crossbreed with stags because uh-huh. this is considered a South, South Pacific um, animal. Okay. So. Yeah, so, I mean, he's massive and really cool. Um, he's on the wall here at the end of the range, and uh, super cool. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, those are those experiences that <laughs> you just you, you treasure to the nth degree. And then here's another Illinois buck. That was that was a, that was a cool hunt, too. This yeah. ridge came in just steep draw and it was a morning deal and I actually called him in from a ways out and he come in and uh got him to stop at like 25 yards and sent the arrow and he tipped over I got to see him nestled up into a tree which was absolutely cool good 10 just point there. white tail there yeah and then here's a here's a younger younger eight pointer this this dude was kind of this was an Illinois buck uh, this was kind of more back in the day. I'd actually shot him over a decoy and I shot him at 50 yards. Oh, wow. He came in all bristled up and he was going to tune that decoy up. And that was kind of <laughs> my first experience with decoys. So I got super excited, but I absolutely pounded that deer. And he went down in a, in a draw. Uh, that was, that was super cool. Mm. And here's a South Dakota Tom. A Miriam. Yeah, it looks like a Miriam's. Here's a here's a Minnesota Jake. Jake. Kind of was cool. This um I did some self-filming 
had been running all over Minnesota trying to kill a turkey. Mm. And uh, I, I actually killed this bird at 60 yards. Wow. I self-filmed it. That's I've got awesome. that filming around here somewhere. And they do have two black powder kills, okay, believe yeah. it or not. Okay, so now this was really weird because I hadn't, I hadn't, this is in Illinois again, and in Illinois you can shoot one with archery and one with a, a firearm. We'd, okay. We'd just always gone down for the archery. Well, mm-hmm. we had the opportunity we could hunt, uh, hunt the uh, gun season, and it's slugs or muzzleloader. So I got that okay. muzzleloader. Yeah. And it was weird because I'm, I'm sitting in the, the tree and it's, Again, this was a first morning hunt, and he come, he came walking in, and I'm and I'm watching him, you know, and I'm like, oh, he's a good buck, you know, I'll, I'll take him, and and he's at like seventy five yards, you know, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, come on, keep keep coming, and I'm like, dummy, you have a rifle, you're, you're fighting <laughs> into a hundred yards with this thing, let him have it. But it was it was really weird though. I was all because I hadn't, I haven't. He hadn't killed anything with a mm-hmm. rifle, a yeah. tail in ages. So I grabbed it and you know, I settled the crosshairs on it. And uh and I when I touched it off, of course my ears are ringing and there's smoke. I can't see it, anything, and the deer is gone. Yeah. And I'm like, because now you go from this and it's super quiet. I mean, you can hear a flea fart from a mile away, type of thing. <laughs> and now I just touch this off and it sounds like a bomb going off in the woods. And I just, I just totally lost perspective of how that all goes down. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm like, the smoke goes off and I'm kind of looking around. I got my binos and stuff. I'm going, well, reload. Yeah. <laughs> so like I'm doing the whole internet grabbing things and shoving things down the barrel and yeah. hanging it back up. So I'm trying to look and all that stuff. So I, you know, I mark, okay, well, Here's the time where I'm going to wait a half an hour. And of course, meanwhile, you know, we're all like, what the heck, you know, texting. What was that you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just shot. I think I got one and I'll let you know. I'll, you guys just keep hunting because it's the morning, mm-hmm. morning hunt and stuff. And I said, oh, I'm going to wait about half an hour before I even get down out of the stand. So I, I got everything gathered and got things down from the stand and I walked over there and see the blood and that blood trail if he only went like 40 yards and he was laying there he was just just out of sight of the ridge mm. so i thought that was pretty cool i mean i was like so tuned about that just jacked up and then this dude was another muzzle loader hunt i remember that and that was a That's last tall. day hunt. and i'm like well i'm just gonna sit down it was literally the fence line and i sat there was like some uh uh, cedar trees that were along there. So I just sat under it. It was the last evening sit. And uh, there was a group of like 10 deer that came out. And I looked at him I'm like, oh, he's really cool looking young. And uh, he'll make Pope and Young, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I ranged him and he was like at 156 yards. And I had my little little uh, tripod and stuff. So I got all nestled up on that. And they were, they were out in this field that was um, muddy super muddy mm. but they're out there just eating the greens that were on top of it because this was in illinois of course you get back home and it's snow because it was last day deal i didn't get yeah. to any photos i got home mm. and uh so he's out there and i'm watching him and and uh 
range it, stand there broadside. And I touched the shot off and he, he wheeled up and his front end went down and then he just like did a bulldozing thing. And there was mud flying everywhere from his, from his hind legs. Mm-hmm. And he, did a, he did like a 50 yard trench and was dead. Huh. Just like dead. <laughs> I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Hmm. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then, uh, let's see here. Let's see, we got that another coyote. I've I've been pretty lucky. I've probably harvested about seven or eight coyotes over the years with my bow. Mm. Here's a Minnesota Minnesota eight pointer. Yeah. Wisconsin. That's when the first those first came out. Those de- those decoys, the full strut, I believe they are. Yeah, yeah. So this, <clears> is over that. this is a Minnesota turkey, right? This is a this is a Wisconsin bird. This oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, and then uh, here's a Nebraska. Some some toms there that I shot. Then we get into shooting a elk. There you go, Colorado. Some cows. I went there and did that. Here's my first Illinois buck I shot. Back in the day, this was kind of an interesting story. I had a buddy that was actually where this tree line ends. There's the opposite side of this field. He was set up, and he had this buck come in. It was it was opening day, or uh, first day of our. I'm sorry, or first day of our trip. Mm. And uh, he watched him. It came in, made a scrape, did all of its fun stuff, and then it, it made its way over um, through this through the the standing cord and I'm down on the other end. So this is like 500 yards across mm. a different pinch spot. And that was one of those things too. Where you, there was a scrape down below me at like 10 yards, <clears throat> super quiet, just absolutely quiet. He comes, you know, I could hear the crunch crunch then, you know, and there was see this, the steam coming out of his nose before I even saw the, the rack. Mm-hmm. And then he comes through and I'm like, Oh, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, it's a solid 10 pointer. You know, man, yeah. I'm gonna all right. His neck was, I mean, just blown out. Yeah, just I'm looking at his neck, and I'm like, holy mackerel, he is. Yeah, he was just all blown out. It was like 32 inches around his neck or something. It was just like insane. <laughs> makes his and, makes his antlers look smaller than they probably are. Yeah, he's he grosses like one in the 140s. Yeah, like 142 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes in there, and I'm like, well, he's right there, at 10 yards. And, so I grab my bow and and the and it's, it's just one of those beautiful scene things too. You know, the sun's coming up, so the there's you got all the frost on the corn stalks and the heat, the heat that's coming out. And when he came in, he's got the 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 mist coming out of his nostrils, and he's yeah. over there working the scrape at ten yards. And I'm like, oh, so cool. And he's rubbing his orbital glands on there, and, and I get back, and it's super quiet, and I shoot and double long and he turns and he runs, jumps the fence. He goes down along cause there's another crick there and he goes to make one last ditch effort to jump across, but there was a log there. Hmm. He hit the log, did a flip and he went <laughs> kind of splash the loudest splash in the water. And then there was about 30 turkeys in the trees behind me <laughs> and it just, Everything just woke up right after that. So you go from this really calm, peaceful, zen-like 
moment to just total chaos. chaos. <laughs> so yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. So I'd I'd seen him. I knew he he was done, and yeah. and uh, yeah, Craig was like, yeah, I had him at my. He goes, I just didn't, you know, first day. And you know, I said, keep passing him up, man. Yeah. I'll I'll <laughs> on the first day every day. Yeah, every single yeah. day. And oh, boy. Uh, there's a monster. Yeah, that's a that that one grossed at 162. That was um, that's my first Pope and Young buck. So that that happened. Oh, that happened back in 1990. 99. Mm-hmm. It was 1999. 90, yeah. So, and that it was really cool because I was living in Harris, Minnesota, and um, down along the river, and I got to know the neighbors, and there was a batch. There was probably I'm not, and I'm not lying. And I have video. I've, I've got video of a lot of stuff just kind of stashed around. But mm-hmm. I know down where I lived and the couple neighbors over, um, I would drive every night. And the one night I counted, at least it was I, it was 14 or 15 different Pope and Young. Oh, wow. Books. Yeah. This dude hung out with a bachelor group of three. And... Uh, I, I got, and I, and I kept, you know, letting the, the one neighbor know because they were just, that's their key area was on his properties that he had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he got to know me over a couple of years and, and he said, um, and he didn't allow bow hunting. He, they just gun hunted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would just share all the information, all the video and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And just knew that I loved whitetail. Yeah. He's like, well, do you ever want to, you know, hunt my property i said i would i would give you just about anything to be able to do that yeah i said and i wouldn't need i don't want to hunt the whole season i said i've you know give me a week yeah just just give me a week and uh he says done you can hunt anywhere on the property mm-hmm. so i'm like cool I know exactly where i want to go yeah there was a couple couple fields and a in a slough and like an oak thicket and it all, again, it hubbed together. <clears throat> and that's where I would see these. They were always around this hubbed area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was opening day season. Uh, I hunted one spot. <clears throat> didn't didn't see much. Uh, again, it keyed into where I was thinking it was going to be. So I think it was... I think it was the next next day or something. I got in there and and put a sit up, and I did that midday. And um, I hunted it that night. So it was it was day day two or day three of the f- seven days that I had to hunt. And um, I'm sitting there in the evening. It was perfect. You know, it was a little warm because you got this whole September thing. But then and these deer are in their summer pattern jet. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were kind of still bachelored <clears throat> together. And uh, I was watching the slew. I just, you know, you know, you're panning left and right, but you're trying not to move, physically move, because that's just, you don't want to be doing that. But mm-hmm. so I move my eyes back and forth and, and I catch something to my right. And so and I focus more on it. And here's this dude standing there down in the slough about a hundred yards. So I grabbed the binos. I said, yep, I know that deer. 
And, uh, you know, he's with those other guys. And the, the other two that he was with, there's, well, there was one that he was with that, and I've got, and again, I have a video of all this stuff that I know that he had at least a 24 inch inside spread. Wow. And he was absolutely massive. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, I mean, Minnesota record type quality mm-hmm. animal, just an absolute giant. And uh, matter of fact, when he was in velvet, he would run across the field. It almost looks like he had so much weight on his head that he would, every time he would land, it looked like he was going to fall over and do a flip. Oh, wow. That's just an absolute heavy, giant buck. Mm-hmm. So anyways, getting back to him. So I'm like, I'm just watching him. And, you know, he's kind of like eating and then he'd be looking back and he'd be eating and he'd be looking back. And, you know, of course now we're, you know, we're burning some sunlight. We're getting more into the, you know, the, that magic time. And I'm like, well, I got to make something happen. And I'm looking at him, just kind of looking at his, his body gestures. And I'm like, well, he's by himself. It's looking like he's waiting for his buddies. Mm -hmm. So I grabbed my grunt call and I pointed it past me because he's over here. I want him to come to me. So I'm not going to call at him. I'm going to call a way for me to draw him, make him think like, well, they got ahead of me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Develop some curiosity. So I, I did a couple soft grunts and he, he swung his head my way and I put the call away and then he waited for a minute or two. He's just kind of looking cause he can't see much cause he's in that slew. Mm-hmm. But then he, then he started angling toward me. <clears throat> so then I knew <clears throat> it was like 32 yards where I thought he was going to enter. And uh, so he entered that and it was, yeah. So I, I sent that arrow at 32 yards and then he ran in and, and, and tipped over. I didn't get to see him tip over, but yeah, it was one, again, it was just surreal. I put the bow down and I'm like, can't believe it. And have to look at my quiver and count the arrows and, and do all that fun stuff. And, and uh, so I'd marked the time. Uh, waited a half an hour because you know now I'm losing light. Mm-hmm. So then I got my stuff together and I walk over and I find the arrow. And I'm like, I'm I'm just gonna walk out of here because where he where he actually went was toward where I had entered mm-hmm. the stand. So I walked the opposite way to the neighbor's house. And I you know knocked on his door and told him I said I just. I just, I just, I think I harvested a, a really good buck, and uh, I said I, I didn't want to walk to my vehicle potentially spooking him, so that's mm-hmm. why I can't wear. So he was all excited because he knew, we knew which deer it was and stuff. So we drove <clears throat> around and all that stuff. You know, went stalked him and found him and stuff. And he was just like, I can't believe you did this. <laughs> he goes, you know, I, he goes, I just, you know, I said, well, that's where that was. It was a bittersweet moment too because then that's where my opportunities ceased to be able to hunt mm. because now they, you know, cause that's what I said. I said, you guys got to stop trying to trying to do the Brown it's down and shoot every spike buck on the first day. And so that you can watch the Vikings game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, have, you have quality animals here. There's no reason why you can't all be harvesting, you know, 150 inch deer, 140 or better. Yeah. So then that's what happened though. So the very next year that, they're uh they started getting on better animals which is great but it was just a bummer that i couldn't um continue to hunt okay i found this on the they started getting on better animals night which (laughs) i guess siri wanted to speak to me (laughs) 
So I, I wanted to comment too, because so you said this, this buck is, it's a 160, 162 what, gross. One, 162 yeah. gross. And so Everybody for, heat. yeah. So, and for all intensive per, and purposes or, you know, mm-hmm. 160 or better is Boone and Crockett, but now he's a, he's a four by five. So that yep, so one point on the other side actually goes against you. So that dropped you yep. below the 160 mark. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it's so, uh, so he he actually scores a mainframe eight pointer. Yeah. Um. So that drops him down in the 140s. Yeah. As a net. As and a that's net. huge yep. for an eight pointer. Oh, that's yeah. You're you're dropping out because he's he's a wannabe 12 pointer actually because he's got another bladed. Yeah. Inner point here. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so he, so he nets in the one forties, but he's like, he grosses is one sixty two. Yeah. And gosh, look at that. Which that G two, that G two is like, what, what is that? That's gotta be over 12. Inches, oh yeah. Right? That's, I think that's 12 inches. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. yeah real, real dandy buck. I have a pedestal mount of him in the house. Mm-hmm. He's just absolutely beautiful. And just, I love that. And that, you know, that early season kind of hide, like it just looks so clean. Oh. It's not. Yeah. And then you got the it's all, all short hair yet. Yep. You got the the tried and true. Um, looks like a, a, a classic tree bark um, pack that you were using. <laughs> yep. And this is yeah. I mean, this is like when that stuff came out. You know, this isn't a, a what do you call it a um, not a rebirth, but a you know a re-release of a of a classic pattern. This is this is the pattern. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and man. that material on there was the greatest thing to collect every single burr and sticker. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, no, it had that that soft because I was you know I was all in the, and I still am. I don't like material noises. Yeah, you know anything that whips against it, I don't want there to be a zip or a bang or a mm-hmm. click. It should absorb noise. Yeah, so you don't have that cool stuff buck. happening. There's another. Another, I shot this. That was kind of cool. This was stock. I got this on video too. I harvested this uh, elk at 42 yards. And they're big. Just crazy big. This, yeah. Here's another North, North Nebraska turkey out of the old bale blind. Hey, bale blind, yeah. What's a super cool? And here's some more. And here's yeah. another. Nebraska this, treated you well with turkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, we harvested a few out there. And then this is a Minnesota bird here. Beautiful time. I believe I harvested that at my friend uh, Tim Revis' house in mm-hmm. Hudson, Minnesota. Okay. Here's another Illinois buck. And that brings us through this slideshow. Man, that's a that's – a... 56 photos you got <laughs> yeah. in there <clears throat> yeah that's a that's a an amazing track record for sure yeah which is it's crazy and there's there's some stuff that's missing that i don't have like i've my bobcat um a few other animals too so but no i've been i've been very fortunate to uh do what i've been able to do and travel to places and i only, I only look forward to continuing that mm-hmm, right once, yeah so yeah i can't i can't imagine you know um i'm a busy body too and so man you know what it's been three years since your accident yeah um may May 9th of 2020 okay and again we're gonna have another episode where we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that but 
um, you know, it's, it's great that you've been, you know, you're still in it. You're still involved. Uh, you know, you, you were here for our pro shop, uh, grand opening, which was great. Good to see you. Now that you've, um, moved over to Wisconsin, man, there was, there probably wasn't a, I don't know. I mean, we shot leagues together, you know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, so I would see you fairly frequently when I shot my Wisconsin bird, I stayed at your place for the mm -hmm. weekend. Although I don't think you were there. I don't think you guys were home. I think you're correct. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, yeah. that made me think too about that situation over, um, where you said you were hunting that, um, property where you shot that last buck you were just talking about, because mm -hmm. I, uh, it was one of the, one of the guys that used to work for us. He was a bowstring builder and, um, he had some property in Wisconsin, had some birds out there and stuff. And, and, and I said, well, Hey, uh, you know, I'd love to just like come out there and he was really struggling to get on a bird and all that kind of stuff. And I don't have a ton of experience, but I thought it'd be, I was like, Hey, it'd be really fun. I'll come up there and join you and you know, we can scout it and I'll help you, you know, mm -hmm. I'll sit in the blind with you and film for you and, you know, see if I can help out. And, you know, so in return, uh, he said, yeah, you know, if you, you know, if you want to, you know, get a license and, and, hunt turkeys out on the property too my dad said that it was okay and they were kind of giggling because they're like the chances of you killing a turkey on this property with a bow is yeah. very very slim and um they were struggling doing it with even with shotguns you know so right. yeah the first year i went out there um i killed a bird and then that was the end of it. <laughs> that was the end of it they're like oh it can be done all right well sorry about it but um can't hunt here anymore <laughs> well that's what's fun is people you know to get on property i mean that's a whole nother discussion too yeah um, we can do that another day but just how to gain access and how to do that because as a bow hunter they think you're nuts yep. so they're like most of the time they're like oh you bow hunt so if you can explain yourself and you know respect their property and their boundaries you know with their lives and whatnot to right. be able to gain access so they're right away you're kind of at a advantage because mm -hmm. you're like oh that's where you know if you're putting your time in and practice you're like oh this is going to be good <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah things happen mm -hmm. which is wonderful well i'm excited for when you get back out uh you know I'm, i miss seeing and hearing all the great stories and uh you know i'm i pray for you to heal up quickly and and get back out there and um so that's that's pretty exciting. I imagine yeah. you're feeling the same way. Oh, I'm just going <laughs> going a little cuckoo. So yeah, no, I I'll take all the all the prayers, all the good vibes that I can get from any of the viewers and stuff too. That'd be great. Mm -hmm. And and uh, again, ping me if anybody has any questions. I I it's it's it has been nice social media wise where <clears throat> I do get people that are that ask me questions and stuff. Um I've even had, had them do it from their stands. They're like, Hey, I'm in, I'm hunting this and, and, um, I'm seeing this and, you know, should I be rattling or should I be grunting or should I use sense and this and that? And, mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy to do that. It's, you know, especially now I'm just, I'm chilling. I'm, you know, I'm going to be, uh, again, I'm going to be bugging my buddies They're they were bummed that, to hear that I'm like, can't make it out. Um, because they were willing to just, you know, put up ground blinds and, and get me to and from, mm -hmm. but I just, I just don't want to chance the healing process up. I, right. you know, I want to be back next year, stronger than ever, 
you know, or hobbling, <laughs> able to hobble to get to where I need to, because I'll, it'll, it's going to happen one way or another. Yeah. So, um, there's a will, there's a way. So we'll, we'll figure something out, but I just, I just need to get to where I'm healed to the point of this is it. And then I can make modifications to my life to accommodate because I do miss it. Yeah. And, and again, I'm happy to help, you know, whether you've got, you know, you know, 3d, I mean, cause I got a whole nother slideshow presentation of, you know, competition archery and mm -hmm. all that fun stuff to get into. And, um, yeah, tips and techniques of bow setting up, um, what you should look for in buying a bow and reach out to me, you know, um, I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk freely about products. I mean, just because I shoot for prime, I'm not going to say that's the best bow for you, you know, mm -hmm. and there's reason for that, you know, right. it's what works for me and I, I really like it. Mm -hmm. I want you to try it because that's the thing too. it. It starts at the riser, it starts at the grip and then everything else will follow up, right. follow into suit with that. So I'll be honest about products and, and why, why I use what I use and uh, try to relate that to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Happy to help. Yeah. And so if people do want to message you or find you, where can they find you out on social media? Um, I'm on Instagram. It's Frank Welsh. Just tell my name is spelled and um, Facebook, the exact same thing. Perfect. And of course, with Instagram, it would just follow suit with that too. So Perfect. Awesome. I don't have tricky handles or anything. So, but uh, I've, I've, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, absolutely. I look forward to future podcasts. Um, you know, we'll talk about my accident and, and how that all rates relates into some tree stand safety factors. And, and, uh, cause I've got a lot of time to reflect on that mm -hmm. and show you the whole sloppy mess of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, which that's, and the reason why I would like to do that is just, so, uh, you know, I don't want that to happen to you. And, uh, and then just talk about the aftermath of, mm -hmm. of all that. But, uh, right. We're just gonna provide better safety and, and, uh, make sure people can do this for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, good luck this fall. Make sure that you, you know, you're, you, let us know on social media what you're doing. Oh, you'll know. I'm sure you'll know. <laughs> if I'm not too busy making sure the other six pages that I manage, um, uh, you know, yeah. if I can try to get some some of my own personal stuff out there. But yeah, yeah. so uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Huge thanks, Frank. I really appreciate all your time, and you know, look forward to having you on again. We've got some more some some more stuff we want to talk about. So don't be a stranger. Absolutely. Man. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm just happy to be a, a part of the team. Uh, I always have been. It's nothing that I take lightly. So yeah. thank you for like, giving me the opportunity to, just to have a voice. Certainly, man. Certainly. We, we appreciate you for sure. And uh, so, yeah, uh, if you want to find us, The Range Podcast, you can find us on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram at ricky.wayne80 and on Facebook at rickywbrulee. And don't forget to head over to the Vapor Trail YouTube channel. If you like the video, give it a 